the Desert Dirt Biker with Corndog and Eric. Hello, fellow dirt bikers and friends. Welcome to the Desert Dirt Biker podcast, co-hosted by me, Corndog, and my good buddy, Eric. Eric and I want to thank you for joining us on our podcast journey. On the Desert Dirt Biker podcast, we talk dirt bikes. Yes, dirt bikes. We talk about our experiences, different races, organizations, race dates, bikes, gear, tips, history, and always try to bring you fun, exciting guests to tell their story. Now, grab a drink, kick your feet up, lean back, hold on, because here we go. Here's Corn Dog and Eric. Hello, people. Hope all is well. We are here, episode 25, October 29th, 2020. Uh, welcome to the Desert Dirt Biker Podcast. How you What's doing, up? Eric? What's up, everybody? Doing good? Sitting here in St. George. Some beautiful weather down here. Uh, looking looking at a good day tomorrow. Going to get some riding in tomorrow. So, doing good, man. Yeah, we're doing, uh, knowing us, we're doing something a little different. We're sitting in a hotel room in St. George, Utah. Anyways, we're down here for the Skyler House Dakar fundraiser ride. Eric and Ashley are going to ride on that. I'm going to miss out, and I feel it's too early to get on the bike, but coming soon. <laughs> um, anyways, episode 25. I think we've hit 13 countries now and like 42... 4,200 4, listens. Yeah, yeah. listens Super and cool. plays on our podcast. So we are kicking butt. Just keeping this thing rolling. So yeah. um, we missed last week, so we apologize for that. We were, uh, you know, fully involved in a championship chase down in Parker, Arizona. I raced with our team, and I know Ashley Corndog was down there supporting Ashley and her team. Um, we had a great weekend down there. It's a lot of fun, so we'll get into that. But sorry we missed you last week. Yep. So, yeah, we were busy. On, I think I'm still tired. I know we're all tired. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, oh, there I went. I said, um. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> I can't get the ums out of my, my head. So, um... <laughs> We'll get this. We'll get this. Bear with us. We're, we're pretty tired. Uh, so on tonight's show, we don't really have a guest, but we're going to talk a little bit about race organizations on joining clubs, whether an organization has a club or not. And big thanks to Jake Bozarth. He threw us an email, suggested that uh, we talk about that. He's got some young kids coming up and want to get them into racing and wanted to know how and what and what it takes to do to be in a club or why be in a club. So we're probably going to mostly talk and revolve around how Moran does it because that's mine and Eric's roots. And we are in clubs and we're just going to jump in that in a little bit. But before we get into that, why don't we talk about the Blue Water Challenge down in Parker, the best in the desert, Eric. I know your team and then Ashley's team, the team I was there supporting, were both going in for the championship. 
I know it's going to be close. The results haven't been posted yet. Yeah, come on, Besson Desert. You're killing us here. <laughs> we are uh, uh, patiently waiting the results, the official results for the weekend. But um, I know for our team, the 330 bike, we chased the series all, all season. And um, it literally came down to, you know, we were eight points down going into a double points round. And um, if we won and the team that we were battling with got second, uh, that would put us into a tie. Um, it would give us the four points plus a you know, double round. So it would give us the eight-point gap. Um, so it would be a, basically be a tie. So we had to go down and win. Uh, we knew that going into it. And so we put together a pretty solid team plan going into the weekend. And... And we hung it out and rode our butts off. And uh, anyway, it ended up working out for us. We put together a solid ride both days. We won, went 1-1 one, one for, for the overall on the weekend. And uh, just waiting for final official results to make sure we locked it up and, and that we didn't miscalculate something. You know, you never know. But um, anyway, it was a good weekend. It was pretty fun. We had a couple mishaps. Yeah, um, big shout out to uh, your teammate Tyler Harvey. Yeah, had a Ty had a big get off on day one um, on a, our one of our second entry bikes that we entered, and uh, he was pushing pretty hard through a sand corner, ended up high siding and took a big spill, uh, lacerated a kidney, and ended up taking a flight to ICU in Las Vegas. So he's out now. Um, he's on the mend. So. Glad you're okay, Ty, and thanks for racing with me, man. It's been an awesome season. Um, Sorry we were making you laugh when you were sitting there in pain, but <laughs> there were some pretty funny things being thrown out, but at least we knew you were good mentally. Well, so it's funny because I wadded it up in Parker earlier in the season. I crashed pretty hard at the Parker 250, went over the bars into a rock pile. <laughs> and, and anyway, we I ended up going to the hospital and these guys were taking pictures of me rolling out of the hospital in a in a wheelchair and making fun <laughs> and all kinds of stuff so it was my turn to get back at him a little bit got a picture of him rolling into the hospital in a wheelchair um anyway i'm just glad he's all right and every you know everybody walked away from it okay but we had good fun with it never miss a good crash to make fun of somebody <laughs> <laughs> as long as they're okay as long as they're all right yeah i yeah, know we, obviously that was our first you know, make sure he's all right. Yeah. So. I know I get made fun of all the time. <laughs> hey, it happens. You know, um, if you're not crashing, you're not pushing it. So that's right. You got to learn the limits, but then it's also a fine line of learning those limits and learning from your crashes. Every time you crash, it should teach you something. And if it doesn't, you better hang it up. So yeah, good times, man. We had a fun weekend. Um, Weather was wasn't hot, really look, Yeah, I wasn't really looking forward to the two-day event. I just kind of wanted to get in there and get it done. But, you know, to be honest, I had a lot of fun. And uh, I think the team did too. And made made for a challenge knowing that we had to win both days. It was tough. So, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, real fun. How did Ashley, Ashley do? They ended up second for the weekend. And that's probably going to put them second in place in the championship for the year. Just missed awesome. it by a little bit, but second is better than last. 
So yeah, it, was, it was good. It's a they, long series, man, and uh, a lot of miles raced, a lot uh, of lot of hours put on a bike and prep, and um, you know you got to show up to every round, and and man, yeah, hats off to anyone that finished every round and was in. Yeah, and Vegas Torino's one of those. So that's, that's no easy weekend either, Vegas Torino. So yep. we look forward to next year. I think Ashley's got some bigger goals set for next year for racing the best in the desert. So maybe we'll elaborate on that later on in the year or the beginning of next year. I always brag. Cool. I know she's yeah. not officially part of the show. She's been sitting by every She's every usually night. here at every, every uh, episode. She's in the background yeah making faces at us <laughs> yeah she so was co-host that one time yeah. when we went to sra uh but anyways i like to brag it's my girl <laughs> cool well so <clears throat> what about this weekend um i mean seen some video on facebook of skylar's sneak preview and the uh i guess it's like a 40 or 50 mile little trail ride that we're doing to benefit his fundraising for the 2021 Dakar rally and just a little bit I know about that I mean it can it can cost those riders upwards of like you know 20 30 probably more 30,000 or more yeah it's got to be to even get over there and put a program together I mean just it's a tremendous lift and uh, so we want to see we want to see Skyler have another shot at it. He was top ten, number one privateer last year, and mm-hmm. top ten overall at the Dakar Rally. I mean, uh, awesome showing for America, you know. And yeah. So we support Skyler. <clears throat> want to see him do well. He's also doing a raffle after the ride tomorrow. So um, they're raffling off a bunch of stuff, some gear, some. An AR-15, bunch of cool stuff. So, and, and I think that's open to everybody. So if we get this published and you're around the St. George area, uh, show up to the Fastco company in Washington, Utah. It's like $5 to get in. And I'm not sure how they're going to do the, the raffles or not. I don't know if it's just included with your admission, but it's open to anybody. Yeah, I don't know. Or call us, Venmo us some money. We'll put some tickets in for you. Yeah. <laughs> We want to just see, send money. We want to see Skyler do well. So. <clears throat> Heck yeah. Um, we were trying to get him on the show while we were down here to be a guest, and, and he committed to be a guest on the show, but just not this weekend. He's He's been in Spain and just got back a few days ago, and then he's been trying to put this together. So he was just – he didn't want to commit because he's got a lot going on, and you can only imagine. Yeah, he's he's got his hands full. So he, he offered this ride. It's just a fun get-together, nothing serious or whatever. But it was like a few riders, 50 riders or whatever, and you signed up on his email, and I'm sure he filled that up. But it was like 100 bucks a ride or something like that So as a donation. So we were all donating to him, and we thought it would be pretty cool to come down and, and support support him. So you could still go on his website. It's uh, SkylarHouse.com, and I believe he's got some merch you can purchase, and that that proceeds all go to his road to Dakar. So let's all jump in, help Skylar. Let's get him 
get him there. Yeah, let's get him yeah. there so he has a chance to uh, beat his time from last year. So maybe he'll give Ricky Brabick a, a run for his money. Now <laughs> I read some stuff on the Dakar Rally this upcoming year. Um, I guess. I mean, I think it's like uh, 12 or 14 stages. So 12 or 14 days. Um, and they're only going to give them six rear tires. Wow. So, it, it, man, I don't know if it makes it, it they, they said to make it more safe to slow the riders down. I don't know if that's going to be the case with that. Um, yeah, when you're racing. It kind of makes me racing. wonder if it actually doesn't make it more dangerous. Because you make the course tighter, more technical, and limit their, you know, tire that tire is going to be worn by day two, you know, and so they're going to be riding on slicks, pushing the limits because you know they're not going to back it off. Those the pros are they're going to be pushing the limits, and um, so man, hopefully everyone's safe and and it ends up all right. But uh, it is going to add a challenge logistically to you know to the race and make it more challenging. I think so. Hmm. See how it goes, but uh, yeah, cool. That's. The car, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to one of our old podcasts this morning on the way to work, the one with uh, Scott Harden, and just listening to it again in his stories about Dakar, I don't know if I didn't, it didn't sink in when we were face-to-face interviewing him, but to go back and listen to that, I don't even know that I can imagine. That's what he said. It was like racing the Baja 500 back to back for 18 days every straight. day every yeah. day yeah baja 500 solo eight yeah like 14 days in a row it's insane <clears throat> um yeah it's hard to even grasp the level that it's on but and it, it's mental physical it, you, you got to be smart because there's no course markings yeah it's all navigational and on your little gps unit so man hats off to these guys and, and I don't know. It's a whole different ball game to be. I mean, it's not no desert race where you go out and race for two hours on a marked course. Yeah, no. These guys prepare all year for literally like one race, you know, and um, one or two races a year, and just the preparation that goes into it is next level. the The bikes alone. I mean, they're getting one off bikes built specific for the car. <coughs> that's you know, it's a, it's just a one off machine you yeah like the gas it, buy it. you hold 150 pounds of gas is what scott said yeah. 150 pounds i mean that's the same that's most riders are 150 pounds so. yeah that's uh, <laughs> ashley's a 100 150 pound rider yeah i'm wondering if that's um so i mean right now i think they're running uh, i don't know i mean i'm not even gonna say because i don't really know but i think i thought they were like nine gallon tanks um <clears throat> and back in the day when they were riding the big 690s or whatever it was, it might have been a little different, but back in Scott's day, you know, things I think have changed a little, but... Right. And they may even be limiting the fuel capacity, too, this year. It was There was some things they were doing to, to try and make it safer because they lost a couple of riders this year. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, yeah, it's it's definitely on the next level. Very cool. So here we are in St. George, living life, living the dream. Weather's beautiful. 
Yeah. Uh, it's getting cold up in Pioch, but Panaca, Pioch area, but uh, St. George is really nice. Yeah, speaking of that, we had a big cold front come in last week, and I know we had some frozen lines up where I work, and so we were getting ready to go to the Besson Desert Race in Parker. So I loaded up on firewood, my fire pit, I got extra sleeping bags, I loaded the propane heaters, and I get halfway there and I'm thinking, what am I thinking? We're going to Parker. And mm-hmm. it was it was hot, I mean, compared to what we're used to. It's desert. What uh, was it, close to 80, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was so, hot. I mean, which is perfect weather, not, but. Yeah, not brutal hot, but it wasn't. 40 degrees, 30 degrees. And it, it's been like 16, 17 degrees at my office every morning and then go over to there to Parker, man. I, we didn't even start. We tried to start a fire the second night. I think I threw two logs in there. Nobody even went around it, just kind of the ambience. But, yeah, we didn't even hook up the heat or I barely used blankets. <laughs> uh, anyways, well, I guess we can go into the main topic for the show about clubs and like i said we were gonna revolve kind of around moran just because that's where our roots are and our background so clubs obviously if you have listened to our shows i am a president of one of the clubs so in moran they have i think there's 11 or 12 clubs this year something like that if you want to chase for points and in the championship, you need to be in a club. Plain and simple. Yep. Anyways, um, being in a club is actually later on when we take a break, I'm going to look up something if I can find it and I'll come back and read it. But uh, I try to post this at the beginning of every year. So I'll, I'll see if I can find this post and, and read it to you later. But anyways, being in a club, for one... Without club members, there pretty much would be no race. We don't get paid. It's all volunteer. It's, it's the love of the sport. So you're basically working for your points towards a championship. You get X amount of points every race for being in the club. You sit out your own desert race, and then you get points for that. I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's only been one person in the history of Moran that has got a championship without being in a club. Wow. Uh, I think that was Scott Glimp. And it was just a fluke deal. Something happened to his competition where he ended up dominated the whole year and got a first place anyway. I, he ended up... So I think the rules have changed. You have to have... You have to be in a club to, to get that championship. Whether you get the points racing or not, you still have to wow. be. And I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I didn't know that one, but... But it, I mean, it really is crucial. You get extra points for being part of a club, um, called your club points, and and then you would help, like Corndog said, you're going to help put on the race that your your own club's race, <clears throat> and like you said, without without those people putting forth that effort, I mean, we pretty much wouldn't have racing because either that or it would cost us a lot more because somebody's going to have to, you know, put that together. So uh, volunteering, honestly, it's part, it's your, it's your part of giving back to the sport. Um, I feel strongly that it's important that every, everyone should join a club and, and work their race and 
show up and put in the effort to help work their race without expecting anything back too. I've had people say, oh, well, you know, I'm sweeping, they should give me a tire or they should give me this or, you know, how come we don't get paid or blah, blah, blah. Like, honestly, this is your opportunity to give back to the sport that you love and you should be proud to be able to do that and be proud of the race that you're putting on. Like, put some effort into it so you can really be proud of what you guys, you know, that race that you guys did and and hopefully you'll get the feedback from the racers you know, of the the effort that you put in, but I think on that note too, you would just make made me think. Think if you're out racing every other club's race, think about that. It had to be in a volunteer club member that put on all those races that you're attending. You know if somebody gave up their whole weekend or two weeks or months to prep and plan that race that you just attended. I mean, let's go into a little bit of like, I know we've talked about it, what it takes to, to put on a race, but I mean, the permits have to be pulled a year in advance. I, you have six, to have them um, in six months, six months advance. Advanced. For, I mean, that's their preference. So you got to at least have your maps and stuff submitted and where you're going to race to the BLM, to the BLM and get those permits in place. And then, any road crossings you do, you've got to get permits. You've got to uh, get your insurance stuff squared away. And I don't know if that's a yearly thing. Yeah, you do. So you do every insurance every year for your club. Um, and then you've got to put together your trophies, your finisher pins, your medical um, sh- medical waiver, your um, if you um, Shirts certain counties for, you have to get permission from the county if you're in a city you have to get permission from the city yeah so that's putting putting those items action items on an agenda with the county commission and the city council and you put them on their agenda and you actually attend that meeting and get approval to race in that jurisdiction um, I mean there's just a, there's a lot of work that goes into it and then once that's all approved and you're good to go then you got to go out and mark the course, lay it out, ride it a couple times, check for dangers, get your arrows and your ribbon and all that put up. Oh, and if, if you cross in private property, you got to go knock on doors and get permission from them and get them put on the, you know, get a waiver, get them on your insurance. Right. So, man, there there's a it's a huge lift just to put on a race and that's a group of people that are donating their time so that you can show up and race. So just just want you guys to understand how that works and the importance of joining a club. I mean, it, it it's crucial. And and I know every club's different. I know some clubs require dues or a yearly fee. Me personally, the ground shakers don't do that. It's give or take. It's just we don't. I try to give back to the to the ground shakers as far as. Every couple of years, we try to get new club shirts, club hats, whatever it is, and give them to the people that are there. We um, try to do a Christmas party every year. I know it's been kind of weird the last couple of years. I moved away from Vegas, and and uh, now this year with COVID, I don't know if that's going to happen. I know uh, every year when the Supercross has been in Vegas, we have a huge tailgate potluck party at Sam Boyd, stay overnight. And we've done that like the last eight, 
10 years, something like that. And, and that, that's, that's a hoot. We all pull our RVs down there. We barbecue and it's just a big tailgate party and it's, it's great. And then we try every year, but it usually works out every other year where we do a family club ride. So like we try to lay it out and Doug Tishner's usually phenomenal. Everything Doug does, he's phenomenal. Let me tell you a little bit about Doug. Doug is probably the oldest active ground shaker right now. He's been there way back. Doug's like 75, 76 years old, and he'll work a 20-year-old into the ground. Yep, phenomenal. It, it just, phenomenal he, he's dude. like a robot. He doesn't stop. Anyways, um, Doug usually lays out the family club ride. So what we do is on Saturday, we show up Friday wherever we pick, camping or whatever. We do like maybe a light dinner for everybody on Friday night. We ride on bikes on Saturday, have a big dinner, barbecue Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. Get up Sunday and then it's the family day. We usually have either side-by-sides, quads, dune buggies, bikes, whatever you have, and we just go on a easy family easy family ride. Trip, yeah. So cool. We we try to give back that way. We also when when I get guys to come up or club members get up, come up weeks, a couple weeks before the race to come up and mark or whatnot, we usually meet for breakfast or have a big breakfast and we try to t- cover the cost of that. We usually do pretty good with our barbecues and whatnot. We all jump in together. But as a ground shaker, we would try to foot that bill and make it, you know, try to pay back a little i know i know it's nothing compared to um the money that a a club member spends on time gas food lodging to come up and make this happen and and i appreciate every minute anybody gives and i know life gets in the way sometimes and and somebody may have to work more or family issues whatever and i totally understand that my biggest thing is just communicate with me let me know i mean that's me and i'm sure that's with every club well now but yeah and that goes both ways um i mean as a club president you want to be able to communicate with you know with your club members and know what what they're doing who's going to be available when they're going to be available and then you know it goes both ways as a club member you also are going to want to be a part of that you know and feel like you're a part of the the race and the you know the event that you're putting on so it's a two-way street i mean make sure that that you have good lines of communication and you might have to be the one to to try and open up those lines of communication i know i've been a member of a few different clubs and and uh, that can be an issue if you don't try and involve yourself. You know, you may feel like you're left out of the loop, but you, you know, take initiative, step up, uh, send, a, send an email or a text. You know the race dates are coming up. I mean, be, be familiar with when your race dates are coming and reach out to your club president and say, hey, what can I do, man? I'm, you know, I know our race is coming up. I want to be a part of it. What can I do? And you know, offer yourself up, but, uh, so let's, let's talk about how the process, how do you join a club? Um, 
So for me, or for the ground shakers, uh, if you if I go out and recruit somebody, or I, I'm always trying to recruit, um, just because I know the importance of it, and I like help. I like new people. I like I like people around. Uh, when I when somebody shows interest that wants to be in our club, I welcome them with open arms. I ask, I, I let them know. I said, okay, we have one or two races a year we put on. As of lately, it's just the one desert race. I say, we, you need to commit to helping on race day and at least a couple, three weeks leading up to that weekend, marking course, laying out course, whatever. And I ask for your name, your email address, home address, wife or spouse, girlfriend names and kids names because I like to get everybody involved and I put them on our on our roster and I, and I need I need the AMA number if you have an AMA number which if you're racing you have an AMA number and the reason for that is when we put in our permit with AMA it saves us money if we list I think it's 20 members with AMA numbers on the on the application, so it saves us saves the club money. Cool. So I I ask that information, and it seems like so everybody that, agrees. So that's another reason. I mean, that we need club members is to keep our costs down. That that's just going to keep more more funding for the club to be able to put on cool do cool stuff, put on cool races. So. Um, how do you, so once you've joined a club and you're going to race series and all that, I mean, series commitment is pretty huge, especially if you are planning on going for points championship. Um, and again, this is something that I kind of had to learn the hard way. I didn't really have anyone taking me to the races growing up. It was, you know, learn how to get there and and figure it out so for several years there I would just hit you know five or six races a year and I mean you know I was overall in the amateur class but I only hit overall five races but never ended up getting a championship because I didn't commit to the series and race every race and I also at that time wasn't a member of a club so I feel like looking back, if I would have been a member of a club, I probably would have had some people to, you know, to kind of mentor me, I guess, especially as a young rider um, on the, you know, the right way to do it and fully commit. So that's another benefit to, you know, someone new that's trying to join a race series that has clubs. Join a club, man, get involved. Um, look up to those guys that have been part of the series or part of that club for years because they'll they'll feed you with knowledge that you're otherwise going to have to learn the hard way so yeah like you said the there's usually a huge handful of people going to the races and if you need a ride they're there plus if you're pitting in the pits we usually set up a pit all the ground chasers together we have a big whiteboard that has everybody's name and number on it that's riding. And then we usually have like a pit captain that is kind of in charge. Usually it's James because James doesn't really race, but his boys 
have and did. So we orchestrate usually who's in the pits and somebody's gas and somebody's goggling, somebody's water, you know, and then once they're gone, we check them off the whiteboard so we know, because sometimes there's 20 riders that we're in charge of. So we're just a big family and we try to pit together, race together. And honestly take advantage of that because man, it's nice having a group of people working together to pit for you. And typically the guys pitting the clubs, they've been doing it for a while. They're fast, they're efficient. They know what they're doing. They know what to look for on a bike that, you know, might come in broken or bent. Um, so having a solid pit guy is really important. And if you're a solo rider, you know, maybe you have friends that can make some of the races, but can't make all of them. But by joining a club, you're going to get that opportunity to, to pit with the club. So bring your buddies and pit with the club at every race and they can help out. And then when they're not there, the club can help you out, you know, and it's, it's a cool environment too. You're able to meet people that way, make connections, make friends, riding buddies, that kind of stuff. And, so. and it goes that for the young, young kids too. I, I like to give kids in our club kind of a job on race day whether it's with their dad or their brother or their uncle. And as they get older, the more responsibility they get. So they're teaching them something. So it's a great atmosphere and a great learning and everything for the kids too. Uh, I know a long time ago, quite a few years ago, I had a kid, he was with a single mom and he got into racing. He didn't have a dad and I took him under my wing. He was like my kid. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to tear up here in a minute, but I know at the, the Moran Bank one year when the club presidents go up and talk, I was all done with my speech and uh, <laughs> I'm going to tear up. <laughs> um, all right. him, him and his mom came up on stage and stopped the show and they awarded me with a plaque. And... Dude, that, that hit the heart because I was just doing what I do. I didn't expect nothing, but it made something to that kid. <laughs> and today he's a firefighter in Vegas. That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, so, super cool. I mean, we led him in the right path. I feel that I had part of, part of that. Well, that's just it, man. I mean, it's a family-oriented <clears throat> family sport, and people, you know, desert racers, we want to help others out. I mean, we want to share the knowledge we have. And that's one cool thing that I've learned from pitting with the club pits is, dude, there's a wealth of knowledge out there that you do, you don't have everything. I don't care how long, I've been racing almost 30 years and with, I've raced with some awesome dudes, but I still learn stuff from, from someone else or others, you know, others have a tip or a trick or a, you know, something that they do. And you're going to pick that up through racing and, and pitting with your club. And, um, I mean, the, the amount of stuff that I've learned from other people uh, through Moran and through the club pits and that kind of stuff is just, it's, it's amazing. And so take that opportunity to, to share what you know and then also to, to learn from others because there's a wealth of knowledge out there and you don't have it all, that's for sure. Right. 
So a couple other things we talked about. Uh, I got a call from uh, Jared Wheeler tonight, and he's actually the Moran referee, and I was asking him a couple things. And he pointed out that it's family, which I think we've hit on that pretty good. Uh, we were talking a little bit. Um, Ashley suggested when you start racing an organization or you're within a club, read read the rule book. <laughs> know the rule book before. I mean, and ask questions and ask clear questions. And there is no dumb question. Trust me, I know that. I I repeat myself. I ask questions over and over again. And sometimes I get made fun of. <laughs> but... Um, Read the rule book, and they're always they're always available. And if you don't know where to find it, ask somebody. And like it's on the Moran website, you can find the the rule book there, and just just familiar. And if you don't understand, ask. And that that's what the club's there for. Um, and not every organization has clubs, so Moran does. I think Amra in Arizona has clubs. The districts in California have clubs. I think uh, there's an organization in Utah, uh, but there's like best in the desert. There's yeah, a no lot clubs. of the, a lot of the state series usually have a club, you know, a club for, format or organized organization of clubs. But the national series or like yeah, national hare and hound, best in the desert, score, those don't really have clubs you can join. Um, you got to take your team with you and. And but the guys putting on those races, yeah. there's probably the top few that are on a payroll, but everybody else is volunteer, yep. and they're doing it for the love of the sport. Yep. For instance, Best in the Desert, and I and Scott Harden talks about this, and I've heard several people say this. Casey was a master at getting people to volunteer and making them feel like it was their idea. Yeah, he'd give you a shirt and a Gatorade and make you <laughs> make you feel like you were the the race director, you know. But yeah, um, but but honestly, that's what it took to to get Best in the Desert to the level it's at today. It would not have happened without good people volunteering and and giving their time back to the sport that they love. And kudos <clears throat> to all those volunteers that actually make that race happen and have made you know, best in the desert and score what they are today. Um, desert racing wouldn't be the same without them. Yeah, absolutely. So, super cool. And I appreciate every club member, every volunteer. I mean, we do it for the love of the sport. Or, it's a sickness. <laughs> uh, where else can we go with that? Um, so, EMA... I still need to educate myself on the AMA, and I actually did talk to an AMA representative at the Nevada 200 Trail Ride. I'm going to try to get him on the show in the future. I know Moran is AMA. You need to hold an AMA card for racing in Moran. It's a good idea to do an AMA show and really kind of dive into what the benefits are of the, the organizations and sanctions being part of, an, part of AMA. Right. Um, I know that's always been a controversy in the past of, well, should our organization be part of, you know, the AMA? Because it, it costs an organization money to, 
to be in that, but it would be nice to know what what the organization is getting out of that from the AMA and what what the benefits are because, um, you know, I think that may be misconstrued or un- misunderstood mm-hmm. as to what the benefits are. So that'd be cool. I mean, for me, I know I would like to talk to yeah. somebody from the AMA that can really give us an insight on. And that's what I told that guy. I said, we're part of AMA. And when we became AMA, I was in some of those beginning meetings and they talked a good game. And, and I, and I believe in the AMA, but as a, a Moran organization and racers in Moran, I don't feel that they've followed through. And what is AMA doing for Moran or, right. or us, right. us as a racer? And I told him that, and he's willing to come on the show. So we're going to have him on cool. the show one day Cool. and explain that. And I, and I brought that back to our monthly Moran meeting and let them know that. And they were all for it and they would like to, to know as well. Too. Yeah. I mean, so. yeah. <clears throat> Uh, as far as that, um, so read the rule book. If you're racing a series, get to know the rules of that series. Um, sign up online. If you're heading to a race, the biggest thing I've seen every, for the last 30 years or however long I've been doing this. And even back in the day before there was the computer and they didn't have online, there's usually long lines at signups. And they've come up with online signups now. And we did a thing at our ground shakers race. We offered a, everybody that signed up online was put in a raffle for free tires or to win some tires. And we actually had the most people that's ever signed up online. That was a round. phenomenal idea. I don't know who I, whose idea it was, but that was a phenomenal idea. And I think every club should do that. But it is, it makes, as a club, it made our life a lot easier, and I know scoring it made their life a lot easier. Um, signups and all that. So, yeah, man, sign up online. It's super simple. It's on the Moran website. I'm sure other organizations. If you're not with Moran, there's other organizations out there. I'm sure they offer online signups. I know it make their life right. a lot easier. But uh, there's an idea for anyone who has an organization or a club offer a set of tires or a couple tires to a winner or a couple winners of those who sign up early online to incentivize the early signups. It was well worth it for our club, I think. Yeah, absolutely it was. great. <clears throat> you still have to go to the score trailer in the morning, but you, you just scan your helmet, sign the waiver, and you go. Yeah, it was super it was, slick. Yeah, so I think we had over 90, close to 100 people sign up online, so... Cool. That was cool. phenomenal. Uh, let's see. Um, what else we got for? Well, it's Halloween. Corn dogs' favorite holiday. Yeah, it's not this that weekend. favorite this year. <laughs> what are you gonna be? Are you dressing up? Yeah, we were asked to dress up for the local restaurant. Ashley and I in Caliente, Halloween night for their annual trunk or treating, and vehicle design contest cool so i i don't know what i'm doing yet (laughs) (laughs) halloween is usually huge in my world and this year it's just been i didn't even realize halloween was in a couple days yeah it's it's, this year has been crazy 
Freaking COVID, man. Yeah. Putting a damper on everything. But, well, my girls thought it would be funny. They got me a, a, a onesie. <laughs> it's like a onesie pajama thing with the Fire Chief logo on it. So I'm going to be a Fire Chief for for Halloween with a like onesie. getting a midnight call. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to stay home and hand out candy. Let them go trick or treat. But, uh, that's classic. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Bring them down to Caliani for trunk or treating. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Let's check that out. So. All right. Well, yeah. Happy Halloween. Hopefully you guys have a good weekend. Um, we're definitely going to have a good weekend down here in St. George riding with Skyler and looking forward to that. So I, also, I had to. I got down here, St. George, earlier today, and one of my buddies that's going to ride it as well. He kind of, after seeing the preview on Facebook, Skyler posted a little video of some of the terrain and stuff we're going to be riding. It looks pretty technical. Like, who's your buddy? Who's riding with you? Um, Ronnie Butterfield from okay. Cedar City. Yeah, so he's coming. Used over. to be a ground shaker. Yeah. Trader, <laughs> Ronnie's a trader. <laughs> Come back, Ronnie. Come back to the ground shakers. <laughs> anyway, he uh, he texts me. He says, "Hey, uh, did you gear your bike down?" I hadn't even thought of it. Like, dude, yeah, maybe I should probably. You know, I got best in the desert and score gearing on that thing. It's geared to the moon. So I ran over to Rocky Mountain real quick and grabbed a front sprocket and put a smaller front sprocket on it and geared it down a little bit so I, maybe I can have a little more fun not be cool. over geared so I know Joe Amy's supposed to be here too yeah Joe Amy's coming down super cool looking forward to seeing him I don't I don't know Skyler said at one point I think he had I don't even know 25 or 30 people that was a couple weeks ago so Patty Blaze is here she's just gonna hang Patty's out she's not gonna ride out. so since I'm not riding tomorrow maybe I get to hang out with Patty cool well, we're going to take a pit stop real quick. Yeah. Fill our tank and uh, <laughs> check our tires. Yeah, we got race stage segments, tip of the show. And I'm going to go see if I can find that one letter I have that I, I post. It's actually, I got it from Jay Livingston, which at one time or still is the Jackrabbits president. So we try to post it every year about what it is and what it means to be in a club. And I would have pulled it up earlier, but I forgot about it until we started talking. So let's uh take a break go find that cool and regroup we'll be back shortly wrap wrap all right guys we're back i as promised i found what i was gonna read i post this every year i copied and pasted it on my facebook and our ground shaker site every year i like i said i got it from jay livingston and i believe he got it from a friend so i'm just gonna read it it's a little long so bear with me I love this. I copied from a friend. He posts this every year. One, why should I join a club? Well, that's a good question with several good answers. First, if you want to continue racing, you need to join a club, period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Why? Well, it takes people to do what we do. Most folks load up on Friday night or Saturday morning and drive right out to the race site. They have a good time, at least I know I do, and then go home. Sounds like a good game plan, right? Well, did you ever stop to think that a club put the race on? The club member scouted out the course during the year and ran it several times with a GPS to record the entire course. 
The club members worked with the BLM to get the proper approvals, impact statements, archaeological reviews, endangered species approvals, etc., and paid the fees for all the above government work. Oh, and you thought the club got to keep all those entry fees, did you? The club also arranged, arranged for and paid for the porta potties, the food truck, the ambulance, and the paramedics that brought it, the trophies, and the finisher pins. The club members marked the course outlined with pink ribbon and black and orange arrows. They marked all the dangerous points with the orange pie plates, set up the scoring system, and put out the trash dumpsters when available in the parking area. You did throw your trash in the barrels or took it back out with you, didn't you? After you went home to tell those glory day bench racing stories, have a cold beer or three over a good meal, did you tip or personally thank any of the club members? Why would you want to? Well, maybe because the club members were still out there on the course. Some were cleaning up all the course markings. You just can't leave them out there, right? Some were out marking sure the broken bikes and stranded riders got back to the pits. Hopefully, but sometimes it does happen. Some of those club members were making sure any injured riders got to the first aid they needed, got to the paramedics, ambulance, or helicopter flight, and got the best care they could give. Sound like a lot of work? Well, it is, but it's also a lot of fun and can be very rewarding. It's a real good feeling when a total trashed, completely exhausted, staggering racer looks up, smiles like a kid at Christmas, and tells you what a great race you just put on. Wait till the next bench racing session, and all you hear are about all the daring deeds done on your last race course. Wait till you see the minis toting around out there on your course and how proud the little ones are over what they can do. Of course you know those kids are going to be waxing your ass soon, don't you? <laughs> Second, a club is your family out there. They are your support system. Club members are there to help you be a better rider and a better racer. They will be there at the pits to pour your gas, hand you dry gloves and clean goggles. They will fix your broken bikes or change a flat to get you through to the finish. They will be there to cheer you at the finish line, even if everyone else is left, like when I finally finish. <laughs> and if you don't show up, they will find out why and be there when the sweeper brings you and your bike back in. The desert people, and really all racers, are good people at heart. They want to beat you, but beat you right. They will give you their gas, loan you a part, stop their race when you fall to make sure you are all right, then go back on trying to beat you the right way. Join a club and help us all help each other. We got this passed on to us. Let's try to pass it on too. So thanks whoever wrote that originally. That's pretty awesome. I try to post that at the beginning of the year and encourage people to join a club. So we'll share that on our uh, post. Can you share that on the post? I can. Cool. So, um, yeah. Anyways, we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills, come back with race date segments. And now, 
The tip of the show is brought to you by our good buddy Nate Adams from Recreation Tire. Nate has given us a promo code to pass on to you, our listeners. Go to Recreation Tires or RecTires.com and with every order you receive a 10% off. It's that simple. Just type in the promo code Desert Dirt Biker. That's it. Type in Desert Dirt Biker with your order to receive 10% off. Thanks, Rec Tires. We'll be back in just a few with tip of the show. All right, everybody, it's that time of the show. Race date segment. Here we go for some dates and some locations and some racing. Get out and race. So 1030. Round four of the Enduro Cross at Glen Helen Raceway. Look them up on endurocross.com. Got a message from our buddy Austin Bott. He raced round three today at Glen Helen and placed ninth. So good job, Austin, and kick some butt. All right, moving on. 1031, Azop, P Mountain, Page, Arizona. Go to Azop Racing on their Instagram site to find more. November 7th, round one, the AMA West Coast Hair Scramble, Emmett, Idaho. You can find more info on their Instagram page for the AMA West Coast Hair Scramble. Moving on to November 13th through the 15th, we have the Works Race out at Prim, Nevada. Go find the flyer and more info at worksracing.com. Moving on to November 14th. I just got a call on this from Jared Wheeler, the Moran referee and the Coyotes rep. I think he's the president. He may not be the president, but he's, he's the head guy at the Coyotes. Anyway, they just got confirmation today. There's been a lot of date changes, a lot of place changes due to COVID, due to miscommunication, whatnot. Anyway, the final Moran Desert Round, the Nevada State Championship Series, will be in Bunkerville, Nevada, which is right outside of Mesquite, Nevada. There will be more information after Monday, after the Moran meeting. You can go on Moran, or I'm sorry, racemoran.com for more info. Or if you have some questions about the race, you can contact Jared Wheeler at his email, which is jjw67x2 at msn.com. So shoot them questions through email to Jared. I'm looking forward to hearing some more information on that. All right, November 15th, SRA GP, Glen Helen Raceway. Find more information on their website, sragp.com. Moving on to another November 15th, AMRA, the Freedom Sprint Enduro in Peoria, Arizona. You can see their flyer with all the information at amraracing.com. That's A-M-R-A racing.com. And of course, November 16th through the 21st, Baja 1000 in Baja, Mexico. You can find that information on scoreinternational.com. And that will conclude 
our race date segment for this episode. So get out and go racing. And don't forget to support Recreation Tires, rectires.com. See you at the races. Hey guys, you got a dog? Go over to Throw Me a Bone at theantlerchew.com and check out their offering of fresh antler chews. Your dogs will love them. They're all natural and good good for your dog's health. Give that pup something to do. Let them chew on an antler and uh, they'll love you. So go over to Throw Me a Bone at theantlerchew.com. Enter the promo code OFFROAD. The first five people to order will get a 5% discount and a $10 Rocky Mountain ATV gift card. So hurry quick. Promo won't last. Go check them out. Theantlerchew.com. What's up, everybody? Coming at you with the tip of the show by Throw Me a Bone at theantlerchew.com. Go check those guys out. Uh, tonight, the tip of the show is on rider form. Um, talking about body position on the bike uh, for the new rider. Uh, we're going to talk about how not to sit on a dirt bike. So uh, what I see, I'll see a lot of like <coughs> newbies or new riders sit on a dirt bike kind of the way they would sit on a pedal bike and just all the weight on the seat, elbows down, just in a real lazy position. And that's how you don't ride a dirt bike. You need to be um, more up on the seat with your elbows up. And uh, I'm gonna give you a couple of couple of tips on positioning. So <clears throat> you should be sitting in an aggressive stance to kind of soak up the bumps and give better control of the dirt bike. Uh, you should, don't sit too far back on the bike or you'll kind of accidentally pop a wheelie or something you know you won't have enough control up over the front end so sit forward on the bike put a little bit of weight towards the front not so much weight on your butt but more more weight on the pegs so you're going to weight the pegs slightly um, <clears throat> this will give you more power and more traction to the ground it'll help you make quicker turns and help you control the bike better so you don't lose traction um, you want to squeeze the bike with your knees this will help you one hold on to the bike without having to use all your upper body and arms if you use too much arms to hold on and control the bike you're going to get arm pump you're going to get shoulder fatigue so slide forward elbows up Squeeze the bike with your knees. Use the use your knees and your lower body to lean and, and actually help you tilt and turn the bike in you know in the direction you want it to go. So um, and you know keep that weight up off your butt more forward. Weight the pegs and lastly look ahead. Pay attention. Focus. Um, these all these things are are learned it's not something that's going to probably come natural to you as a beginner so you need to pay attention to the details of positioning on the bike and how um, how to position your body keep your elbows up 
look ahead. You're going to be constantly telling yourself these things until it becomes second nature. Um, you want to become fast? Practice these things until it becomes second nature, and then the speed will come along. But uh, that's your tip of the show, brought to you by theantlerchew.com. Um, that's all we have for you guys tonight. So go check us out on our email at thedesertdirtbiker at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, give us a, some feedback. Give us some tips on who to who to bring on the show as guests. Look, always looking for a good guest to topics come on the for show. a show. Yep. Like tonight was a good show. Brought, I mean, that was suggested through email. We've actually been getting some quite a few emails lately, so it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys that have emailed us. Um, it's fun to see your comments and and to hear your input on the show. So keep that coming. We really love that. Appreciate it. Share this on all your social medias for us. The more we get out there, the bigger and better we'll become and the bigger and better guests we can have. Yep. Yeah, huge thanks to our sponsors who keep this thing going, Rec Tires, theantlerchew.com, uh, guys over at Throw Me a Bone. So thank, thanks to the sponsors and uh, support those who support the show. Absolutely. But, all right, guys, we're going to get ready to ride tomorrow. we got to do some little last-minute prep stuff and get some rest tonight. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. Yep. Peace. Go join a club. See you at the races. Thank you for listening to the Desert Dirt Biker. Make sure you tune in next time.